You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. It is the PowerCat Questions podcast. A little bit earlier than normal in the week because I'm leaving town, so we needed to record this. I am Tim Fitzgerald. You're in the GPC studios with Zach Carlson, Cole Carmody, and Ryan Gilbert. And to... As of now, Sleeping Dogs. We're sponsored by The Fridge. Make sure you stop into The Fridge whenever you are in town. The Fridge Wholesale Liquor has been a longtime supporter of this podcast, and we thank Kevin and everyone at The Fridge for their ongoing support. A couple house-tending items here. Is that what I'm trying to do here? Tend to the housekeeping? I don't want to say housekeeping. It sounds like it's sloppy. Like, I just wanted to tend to a few things, Zach. I don't... Knock-knock, housekeeping. Okay. Um... Uh, there will be a second podcast this week. I am recording after this with Ryan Wallace and Kevin Flaherty of 24-7 Sports, a recruiting podcast to discuss the year in recruiting in Kansas high school football. So look for that later this week at the PowerCat podcast, gopowercat.com, and probably will be used at that other in-state 24-7 sports site. I don't know. Man, I don't know what Michael Swain's going to do. How could he not use it? It's going to be so good, Zach. Because he wasn't on it, and he's sad that he was excluded. I know this. The Those two guys I'm talking to and Michael Swain from <coughs> the, the KU site will be going down to uh, Wichita later this spring, summer to videotape and talk to a bunch of players. What a year in Kansas high school football recruiting, but look for that on a recruiting edition of the PowerCat podcast later this week. And in between these two podcasts, I will be going to Vegas to cover the NFL draft. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'll just be there during the NFL draft. Um, and I won't be covering uh, when a K-State player is picked in the sixth round. I'll be. You won't? I'll, that, see, that, that'll be on Saturday, right? That'll be the sixth round will be on Saturday. Um, probably later in the day, right? Right? Well, actually, it doesn't matter what time of day. I'll, be, I'll probably be drunk. Are you going to steal Mike Tyson's tiger? I, I would love to see Mike Tyson. Uh, I hope he's not on my flight. Hmm. Just hope he's not, not That guy had it coming Did you see the video of that? Mm-hmm. The guy no. just chirping at Mike Tyson Through a whole flight Until the champ got up and just pummeled him <laughs> Did he get charged? I hope not I don't think so I'm sorry But when you're in a confined space And you literally can't leave I I think uh, I think there should be a little latitude For beating the crap out of someone Who is intentionally pestering you It's not like he was just a loud guy Or like those uh, people that started singing Don't just say it A Christian music group that started singing on a flight I don't care what kind of music it is You get up and start singing on my flight I'm not going to be happy When you're in a confined space You should be What if it's Lady Lady Gaga singing jazz Oh I'd pay big money for that flight You would pay big money for that (laughs) flight uh, Zach just Oh my wife's not listening That's okay Also just one One thing Go State Kate uh, We're just 
your question is not on the podcast, obviously, but we're acknowledging it. Yeah. I don't we're know. We got you. It. I don't know what that means. It's, don't worry about it. Okay. That's what you tell the host. It's your questions from Wild Bash Station. Cole Carmody has the helm. Cole, take it away. First question comes from Call Me T22, uh, a new member. So, welcome to the site. Uh, thank you. It's about time you subscribed. Yes, I am talking to this person directly. So, mm. hmm. it's not like I've been trying to tell this person to subscribe for about four years and they finally did it. So, mm-hmm. thank you for your business. Is this a human or like a Labrador retriever? This is a human. Okay. Is it a cat? It's a cat. Like some cats think they're human. I don't know. He just might. I don't know if he comes on our podcast. He might have to drop a little meow and he. He might be. We might. We might find out. So. Oh, that was the other thing. The overtime will be back next week. Okay, what's the question? Uh, the first question is, what the heck is going on? That's the question. That's the question. That's his one question. That's how you use your question. You show up at my website, <laughs> and I give you an opportunity to ask one stinking question. What was the question again? What the heck is going on? Oh, not much. How are you? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> like I just. I want to know what he thought about. <laughs> Like, what's the, the point? When was it posted? I don't remember. Was it, it probably was, about Nigel Pack? Probably. I, we could go back and look. I, I, there's no context. We get to make up the context. What's going on? I Is there someone make up some context? Give me something more here. I, mm. I'm got. We can move on. No functional <laughs> yeah. brain here today. Welcome so. to the site, but be specific <laughs> next time, bud. Yeah, the questions need to get a little bit better. Especially from him. My God. It's a friend of yours, right? It is. Oh, my God. Okay, let's move on. Next question comes from a very relevant... Hold on. I I can't move on. That question stunk. (laughs) (laughs) I think you should blame Zach for putting it in here. He was new. So if you're new, you get get chosen no matter what? It was a bad question. He needed to be put on blast. Welcome to the neighborhood, butthead. Okay, let's move on. Now. The next user is very relevant to his question. Okay. So, I mean, I think you can see where we're going with this. Um, Florida Cat Fan 90 wants to know I believe Nigel Pack took the money more than being able to play point guard because he knows his chance of making the NBA is small. Thoughts? Probably right. Probably right. I saw the post on the message board today, and I, I just am blown away by this. Because it's accurate, and I had forgotten these details. Lon Kruger left Kansas State in the early 1990s to go to Florida, and his pay raise as a head coach lifted him from $80,000 a year to $110,000 a year. 30 years later, we have a player getting paid $400,000 a year to play college basketball. Inflation. (laughs) It's incredible. I... I, I, again, I don't blame Nigel one bit. People, uh, th- th- if this is the system that we're under, good for you, Nigel Pack. It's, but I do agree with everyone saying it's not sustainable. This is not sustainable. I mean, you're going to be able to do it for a few kids, but what is going to happen? I mentioned this on Daily Delivery. What's going to happen in that locker room? You're a returner from an Elite Eight team, and this kid walks in from Kansas State getting paid $400,000 a year, and you're getting crap? That. That can't work. That can't foster a winning environment. Especially when they get him in practice and they see he's he's a one-trick pony. It's a really good trick. He can shoot the ball from anywhere outside the the arc, but he's not real good off the bounce. He's not a great defender. Wow. I'm I'm astonished by it. I am, but 
um, that's that's how things are going to work. And hopefully K-State has the donors dialed in to play the game as long as the game needs to be played. To counter your argument, I wonder how much his teammates actually are tuned in to how much he's making. Because if Nigel's smart, he's not going to talk about how much he's making. You well, know, he, that he everybody made. Everybody saw the tweet, though. Yeah. People saw the tweet, but how much do his teammates pay attention or care? But also from a from a they definitely okay they care. But you know, if you look at like if you're talking about the disparity between pay, it's it's probably assumable that these players are making something right. They're probably not making zero. Maybe a walk-on's making zero, but I don't think there's many people especially at Miami, if this is the case that Nigel Pack's able to get 400000 a year for two years, that these guys aren't making zero. But They're not making you want six to talk figures. About, you want to talk about pay disparity, you know, percentage-wise, you know, MLB, there's dudes on minimum salaries. Yes, they're professional athletes, but when you're sharing a locker room with Mike Trout, who's making, you know, 30 or 60 times more than you're making that season, I don't think that it's – as big of a deal if you're as long as you're making yours i just think it is different because that is professional this is college and this is the wild wild west of what we're dealing with right now i mean you're right fitz i don't think this is sustainable either um because what's going to happen eventually is these companies are going to realize that the return on investment is just it's just not worth it and if you're just doing this to be a fan and help your school win what are the odds of Miami actually winning a national championship because they got Nigel Pack? Again, I'm not blaming Nigel Pack for no. doing what he did because if I'm if I'm being 100% honest, I think any person in their right mind does what he does. If they want if they want to better their life, yes, all you have to do is go to school, go live in my Miami, Florida, play basketball for two years, and you're going to walk out with $800,000, which if you invest that correctly will help set up the rest of your life financially. If you're Regardless if you play in the NBA or if you don't, that's a no-brainer of a decision. So you can't fault him for taking that money. Now, with that being said, were there other NIL opportunities to where maybe he f- he could have changed that to, to what Jerome Tang talks about? He talks about, hey, it's not about NIL. It's about getting you to the NBA so you make pennies – so you make – you don't make pennies on the dollar. If he's smart, maybe that's what he should have done. But I think as Florida – Florida cat fan gets that um, maybe he did know that his odds were small. And so he wanted to do this and get the money right now. I, I That's kind of what I felt like when I saw this. I was very surprised that he ended up there. But when I saw the money, it was like, well, duh, he's going to end up there. So this is like a multi-billionaire type person that has this new company called Life Wallet. You've got a preferred wallet, don't you? Don't you have like a... Like a dig- I assume this is a digital wallet, or is this a play, physical? Play, play along. I'll here. play along. Well, okay. You've got a you've got a preferred type of wallet, don't you? Like hoard a certain brand of wallet? Oh, fossil. Yeah. Yeah, fossil wallet. <laughs> there you go. So imagine if you took all of your medical records and stuffed them into your wallet, like George Costanza, just this wallet full of paper and stuff. That's life wallet. We you don't have to learn all about it now. Nigel Pack will tell you all about it later. <laughs> Yeah, sure he will. <laughs> I wonder if Nigel Pack has any flipping clue that Life Wallet isn't actually a wallet. I think if there's any K State fans that want to develop a wallet, they just need to name it like something after a cat, like Meow Wallet or like something like that that references yeah, Meow Wallet. Yeah, that, the, that references the cat. You know, yeah. I just feel like that'd be perfect. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Meow Meow Wallet. Yeah. 
Wow, this is easy. Let's move on. Are you, are you over there still reading questions? You're oh, texting s- girls now. Sorry. He's in his, he no, he's not even texting. He's not even texting anybody. He's in his notes app. He's in his notes app. Why? What's he doing in his notes app? I don't app? know. Trying At least he's not checking the weather. Become billionaire to pay players. To make meow wallet. Oh, okay. Next question comes from I Like Pickles Cat. Pickles. For all the whining, some K-State – sorry. <laughs> I just love that word, whining. Um, for all the whining some K-State fans do about the transfer portal, is there any self-awareness that might not exist if Bill Snyder hadn't tried to block Corey Sutton's transfer? Yeah, that one – that's a great question. Like, we can say all the positive, wonderful things about Bill Snyder, but trying to transfer out of his program – was ugly. And it's that generation of coaches that viewed the student athletes as their possession. And I hate to say it that way, but that's literally the way they did that led us to this point with the transfer portal. Now the NIL, everything falling apart, being flung wide open. But yeah, that Corey Sutton thing was ugly. It was ugly, but even if it didn't happen, I don't think that the transfer portal doesn't get created if that doesn't happen. No, like, I think but, it was on its way, but yes, that absolutely and we can still amplify see the effect. The Dabo Sweeney's and and those coaches that have benefited from players not being able to transfer are upset about this. And I know it makes coaching that much more difficult when you can't rely on your roster. Like guys are going to get up and leave. Guys are counting on. I understand the volatility of this, but. Um, I'm all for the transfer portal. Now, I think they need to do a better job of putting some restrictions on this. On Tuesday's daily delivery, we'll deal with this. I believe that's what I talked about on Tuesday's daily delivery. I haven't edited it yet. Yes. <laughs> Gets into some of these unintended consequences that that we all knew were going to come. But now the NCAA, instead of doing what it should be doing, seems to be just sitting around laughing as everything burns because they're not doing anything. But it's it's going it, to – it was an evolution that needed to take place. But, boy, when it started taking place, everything just piled on. And I, I get why coaches are retiring. I get it. It's a mess. It would be hard to maintain a roster. I think the NIL is a, a lot bigger issue than the transfer portal, just in my opinion. I mean, Bill Self mentioned it the other day that, you know, coaches can get up and they can leave out of nowhere. Yeah. And if players can't do that, that's not fair at all. Obviously, the grass isn't always greener, but – I think I think you've got to be you've got to be fair and give players the option that they choose. Unfortunately, those things are going to go. Those things will be always forever linked mm-hmm. as long as we have this era of college athletics, of NIL and the transfer portal. Um, if there's no NIL, the transfer portal looks a whole heck of a lot different. I mean, That's let's true. just let's just call it how it is. I mean, guys are getting in the portal now just because of the NIL, right? Yep. I mean, and we've seen that with Nigel Pack. There might even there's rumors that it might be for some potential K State targets as well. So. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just different. It's, it's just different, and they're always going to be linked together. But I'm with you that the transfer portal, I think, is a mostly good thing. Do kids abuse it? Yes. But do the kids who abuse it probably get the wrong side of it? Yeah. So um, it, it is. It's it's a it's a slippery slope. I just if you're a K State fan, I don't see how you can be upset. Really, 99 percent of the time with the transfer portal when you're. No, I th- when when it's a net positive for K State, it's going to be a positive. For you K-State. know, you lose Nigel Pack, so what? That's the only guy since probably Angel Rodriguez who happened to go to Miami. Weird. That that's the best player that you've lost. That that's maybe upgraded, but even then, it's still Miami. 
Yeah, you know, it's not like yeah, they made the Elite Eight last, you know, this last season, but who knows what they're going to do next year? And like Angel, okay, he went to the ACC. You never see him again. You might see him on TV once in a while. It's not like he's transferring to Iowa State or something like that. Yeah, the NIL uh, really does put a whole other layer into this transfer portal mess. I, I just think they, the NCAA has to stop granting the waivers. You get a free transfer. And then I would even open up if your coach leaves, you can transfer. Here's another free transfer. If your coach leaves, you can transfer again. But we're seeing guys that have played at three, four different institutions now without sitting out, and I don't understand how it's happening. This, that's got to stop. I mean, that's what's really started the free agency, and now the NIL is just going to add to it. It's a mess. It's it's an absolute mess. This isn't good for the kids. To go to four different colleges is just not in any way part of the educational process. That's I don't even want to know what your transcript looks like. I don't even know how you're eligible. I don't. Unless, unless your institutions just get really creative and give you, you know, transfer all the classes that they wouldn't do for any other student, and that should be a violation in itself. So traditionally, why did student athletes have to sit out? Is it just like as a punishment, quote unquote, for transferring? Yeah. Okay. It was to disincentify. It, yeah. I guess. So, gotcha. Yeah. I. But. Oh well. Life moves on, and we do on this podcast. Next question comes from Ite and Bibi. Do we have to worry about losing Deuce Vaughn to some big NIO money after this year? No. No, I don't think so. No. No, I think I – think, I don't know what big is, but I think Deuce will get some form of NIL from one of the new collectives. I mean, that's that's how we envision the NIL. Was you prove yourself at a school, you get a following – and and you you're able to profit from who you are because you've established that now the NIL has been bent to nobody in Miami knows who Nigel Pack is. Nigel Pack isn't going to drive a single customer, I believe, to Life Wallet. Although he just made me review that it's not actually a wallet; it's an app. With but it's a wallet. Stuff. But it's a wallet in app form with all your medical stuff in it. So will Deuce Vaughn then be the first sponsor of the Meow Wallet? Good. Yes. I'm Deuce Vaughn. I will fit inside the Meow Wallet. That's horrible. I like it. That's just that's the worst the worst endorsement ever. Isn't isn't Deuce Vaughn already getting some NIO money from um a sponsor that I don't know if we can name, but I'm pretty sure they were a sponsor on one of the podcasts during football season. I have no clue. I just know he's done actual social media deals though. You know, like, like Direct TV, sure like a car dealership. Direct TV Sunday ticket. Oh yeah, was that Deuce or no? Nigel did. Robbins. Nigel was. It was. It was Nigel. It yeah. was Nigel. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Robbins I knew that. Way. I thought. I thought Deuce did too. Uh, Maybe again, I'm as these things occur, you know, and there was that great story of the Oklahoma City dealer, car dealer, who gave Spencer, Spencer Rattler, Rattler two vehicles, two <laughs> and then he left. As these pile on, if you're Robbins, why would you ever do it again? True. Mm-hmm. Also, in this car sales environment, why are you needing endorsements for cars right now? That's exactly you right. can't get a car. I know. You, why, There's why? no return on your value. You're giving away a car yeah. that you could have sold to yeah. somebody for more than MSRP, and you gave it to a student athlete, oh, who might be transferring, and you gave him two, and he's gone to South Carolina. It's just cars are silly. You can make an argument that if this NIL stuff was – Six or you know a year 
six months or a year um, advance that Nigel Pack might even stay at K-State. But it's just so new and young, and other schools are sort of ahead of the game, and K-State's getting there, but it's it's not there yet. I think it was clear from the new collective um, that Nigel would have been paid if he stayed. Mm-hmm. Not this much, not even close to it. Probably not even one-tenth of what he got there. Um, I, I just don't understand the economics behind it. And that's where I think the NIL is going to catch up. The, these these hangers-on that have money, that just want to influence thing, things, will eventually burn out on it. Eventually, at some point, you don't get – I mean, I guess when you're a billionaire, it's, it, it changes everything. I mean, throwing this amount of money to Nigel Pack is nothing. Unbelievable to say, but it is. So – but when you're just wealthy, not stinking wealthy, just wealthy, some point you 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 know how you made the money, and you're typically not careless with that money. Mm-hmm. I mean, in fact, a lot of wealthy people are really stingy. I mean, they just are. They keep it in their meow wallet. They're, they're right there in the meow wallet, which has a lock on it, apparently, when it comes to tipping. But um, <laughs> I... I, I don't know. I just I, I think this will all cool down at some point, but we'll still be astonished by they paid who what because it just doesn't make sense. It, fiscally, financially, this deal doesn't make a lick of sense unless the money's coming somewhere else, like from a magic puppy. Where's it coming from? What if it's just coming from Miami? No, I don't no? think there's any way, but. This was carefully planned out. This was well played. Apparently, this individual has never given a dime to Miami, <laughs> has never done a, any kind of donation to the university or athletic department, and now is being active in the NIL. So basically, the NCAA can't identify him as a booster because he's never interacted. I don't understand why he'd give a damn about Miami. If you cared that much, why didn't you ever give any money? Some, that makes me think somebody he's with, stingy. Or somebody with Miami ties knows the, NCAA, knows the NCAA rules and was like, hey, here's how we get around it. You've got to be clean. And this everything is clean going through it. And maybe that's maybe that's the mold you're going to have to follow under the current NCAA rules. So you're telling me this guy's no Nevin Shapiro? No. No. Who's Nevin Shapiro? Is that the Adidas guy? No. He's he on was SNL. The, he was the guy that was... Um, at Miami when they oh, had yeah. all the... Uh, I thought this was... That was the you guy. Yeah. This, they made like two documaries, uh, right? Uh, ESPN yep, did? Yep. He was the one who gave him all the money. And, Who's like, a the rapper that was in Baltimore, Miami? Oh, come on. Rick Ross. No, it wasn't Rick Ross. Not everyone is Rick Ross. Get control of yourself. Just give me one. Give me, give me. Huh. Huh. There we go. <laughs> He's from Miami, so it makes perfect uh, sense. My God. Go ahead. Next question. I'm mad. I don't know that. Um, next question oh, comes from sake. Kevin316. If at some point in the future, K-State signs a high-level recruit and within 24 hours, some company announces that they are paying him $1 million for NIL over the next couple of years, how comfortable will you be seeing that happen at K-State? I'm sorry. I didn't hear a damn question. I didn't hear one bit of the question. It's two live crew was who I was trying to think of. Oh. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> we couldn't have come up with that. I'm sorry. Read the question again because the, the host was not paying attention. Jeez. If at some point in the future, K-State signs a high-level recruit and within 24 hours, some company announces that they are paying him $1 million for NIL over the next couple of years, how comfortable, how comfortable will you be seeing that happen at K-State? 
Depends on who the player is, I think. Yeah. Um, well, in the in the reality, of what's going on? I'm, I'd be overjoyed it happened. But I can tell you what would happen next. The NCAA would come after K State. They want Miami or some of these programs, but it just feels like that would be something like, you know, K State's jaywalking and is the fifth person in a row that's done it, and they're the ones that get arrested. It's just, I don't know. I'm, I got to be honest here. I hope it happens. K State's been clean for way too long, and this technically isn't against the rules if the NCAA isn't going to enforce it. This is what I've said all along. The NCAA can say that paying players to go to your school is an enticement and is illegal, but if they don't do a damn thing about it, people are going to do it. And you can probably prove in court saying these are the rules, but they didn't even follow them. How how can they enforce this now? Why am I selectively being enforced while this was clearly being done in public? Here's the tweets from the moment other people committed They got money. I'm hoping K-State does it. I'm hoping K-State has enough people out there with enough oomph to go pay a bunch of players. Because the timing's perfect. The timing couldn't be more perfect. It's a historic year in Kansas high school football recruiting, and the basketball program is feeling very – what's the word I'm – Looking for here, very rejuvenated. Thank you. Oh. Rejuvenated. What'd you say? I said elevated. Rejuvenated. Elevated. Rejuvenated. Elevated. You tried. I tried. I tried. It's just not working today. It's just not working. I'm just not on my A game here. So, happens to the best of us. I know. I, but I'm I'm hopeful it happens. I will celebrate that because for once, and it goes back to the Beasley thing. For once, K State is in the game and is playing it like others have played it. And I said this last week's podcast, the people who are really pissed about the NIL and how it's being used are the ones that have been doing it illegally and getting away with it. Now everyone else can do it. And they don't like that at all. They don't like it at all. Plus, if you know what kind of money these players were getting under the table from the institutions, this dwarfs it. Players above the table now are getting far more money. So now the entire financial structure of cheating in college basketball has been just blown up. So have fun, guys. Have fun trying to keep up. Last question of the first half comes from Eric Schneid. Schneid. If you could choose an NIL deal for any current slash former K-State athlete, what would it be? A toilet sponsorship for Deuce? Terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. That's horrible. <laughs> Terrible. A, de- <coughs> a deal with a Band-Aid brand for 2012 Colin Klein. That's pretty good. Yes, that's a good one. <laughs> I think... Uh, Spray and wash for Colin Klein. Manscaped for Jacob Pullen. If you need to trim your beard or other things... <laughs> I'd, I'd go, like, strawberries for Barry Brown and Bruce always yelling his name. Barry! I like it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, that's a tough I, one. I can't think of any. Is it an overtime question? What about a tank member, a tank sponsorship for Darren Sproles? Yeah, I don't think anyone. No, tank for Tank Reese. But they were called, Darren was called Tank. Sure, but Tank Reese was actually named Tank. 
I don't think he was actually named Tank. That was his real name, just like Taco Wallace. <laughs> Taco uh, Taco Bell and Taco Wallace with, you know, Bill could be the I chauffeur mean, down to Taco and, Bell. And, of course, there is the one sponsorship that has actually taken place, but now he's probably lost it. Byron Pringle. <laughs> Luke Pringles. Uh, I think he'll be fine. Did, did anybody think it was that bad? No. Okay. No, I didn't. I mean, it's not like he was in a high-speed chase with his daughter in the backseat. He was in an empty parking lot doing donuts, which <laughs> is fun. It's fun. Like, the kid probably loved it. Oh, the they kid having had a blast. Fun. Yeah. The only probably, thing, the only probably thing, all Byron said is, we're having fun. There's nothing, No one's getting hurt here. The only crime Byron did was had a suspended license, and I don't know why his license was suspended, but hey, that's... That's how you get pinged. Speeding, probably. Well, now maybe he can get some uh, endorsements from, like, a donut company. <laughs> is is the is the, the answer to this question too obvious to say Tang and Tang? Mm. Yeah, that's true, too. It does say athlete, not coach. Oh. Mm. Okay, that's it for the first half. I'm telling you, we're better later in the week. We're just, but we're better later in the week. This early week. Recording of a podcast This isn't working for me Because we recorded like what Four days ago Yeah, yeah. That's like how my brain Hasn't recovered I could never do daily radio Cole mm. you need to tell your friend To ask questions later in the week <laughs> It's all his fault let's, let's go back to the first question What was the first question again What the heck is going on uh, Not a damn thing We'll be right back On the PowerCat podcast We're going to put a little more effort Into the second half But I got to tell you Cole's friends just set a horrible tone For this podcast And it's been a crap fest Ever since but other side than that, the fridge is awesome. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast. I faked that. I'm not that excited. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Cole Carmody, Ryan Gilbert here in the GPC studios. Cole still got the com, con, whatever it is. What is it? Con or con? Con? Controls or command? I don't know which one it stands for. I've, I've never been on a, a spaceship or a submarine. Um, uh, who's doing it? Mr. Carmody. 
Oh, they're both pointing to each other. It's like a crime was committed, and they're <laughs> passing it off here. Uh, Cole's going to stay in charge of this just because he did such a good job. He sucked. Let's be honest. It, his friends totally sucked. sucked. His friends sucked. There's a difference. Cole, Cole it, it really wasn't bad answers. It was bad asking. I, I didn't feel inspired to answer the questions very well because of Cole's mm. uninspired asking. You mm. didn't even listen to one of his questions. What? Okay. Uh, <laughs> but make sure... Uh, get inspired and go to the fridge and uh, buy lots of beer. Do you think you can oh, use the meow wallet of the fridge? No, the meow wallet doesn't. No, no. I don't even know what the meow wallet does. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't understand the meow wallet. It gives you $800,000. Okay. Here's your questions from Wabash Station from meow wallet creator Cole Carmody. The first question comes from Rob. Meow. Do your hack. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. I just had to deposit it into my meow wallet. <laughs> okay, question. First question comes from Rob Deerhack. Uh, this is very strange, okay, because he has been a subscriber for 70 months. It shows 70 months on his number, but zero posts. Not even one, not even this question. There's a bug somewhere. Oh, I don't it's think on. so. I think he's been with us since before we were with us. Is that what a zero means? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, math is hard. I don't get it. Okay, well, there's another there's another poster that's like that. It has zero posts, but they are posting like every day. Hmm. It's not counting it. Oh. I don't get it. I don't either. Hmm. Okay, well, here's a little a little secret I don't want to share on the podcast, but I'm going to. Uh, I can change your post count to whatever you want. If someone wants a million trillion posts, I could probably type that right into it. Huh? 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 All right. Okay. What's who's who's this again? This is Rob Deerhack. 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 Derack. Derack. D e r h a k. I mean, it looks like a legitimate name. It looks like a legitimate name. Rob's using his real name on the Rob podcast. Durack? I, Rock? Uh, yeah. I this think segment is brought to you by Rob Durack, <laughs> creator of the Bark Wallet. <laughs> Come on with the damn question. Get me out of this. <laughs> Jesus. What will Jerome Tang bring to K-State in terms of scheduling philosophy? Will we see some marquee games, or will it continue to be dominated by low mid-majors? Well, everyone has those low mid-major games. But they're not exclusively low mid-majors. They play Arizona every once in a while, or BYU, or Gonzaga. I'm on the West Coast. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. They go out and find games. They aren't playing just, you know, a 300-ranked schedule like K-State has done in the past. They're actually going to go f- probably find some games. I hope so. I mean, just go look at what Baylor's done. I mean, I haven't looked at Baylor. I didn't look and see what they've done. But if you're the number one team in the country, you're not playing a bunch of scrubs. So I, I think that Jerome Tang definitely understands that there needs to be a better scheduling philosophy in the non-conference than what K-State has had the last however many years. And I, I, I don't know if this is – maybe this is a hot take, but I didn't think the non-conference schedule was that bad this year um, for K-State. Especially if they would have added a game against BYU. So, like, say they add that game sure. against BYU in in the beginning, the, the non-conference looks a lot different. It's easy to say that K-State's non-con last year looked amazing because of how bad it's been. Yes. And even last year, last year, I think if you look at the standard from that year beyond, that's going to be the worst non-conference schedule that K-State's going to play. 
I think that it's mm-hmm. going to improve because if you want to be the number one team in the country, you have to play somebody. Well, and I, yeah. And and I don't see Jerome Tang playing scared in the non-con to get a whole bunch of bunny wins, like you know, like Bruce Weber's teams had done. You know, would, using those for confidence. Would K State's team three years ago beaten a team of bunnies. They lost to some four-day state tigers. I think bunnies would have probably beaten them. Bunnies, feel- bunnies can't meow. <laughs> let's let's look at Baylor's schedule last year. They started off with a daunting schedule of Incarnate Word, Nichols State, and Central Arkansas. Ooh. I mean, in fairness, Central Arkansas is the best college basketball team in Central Arkansas. Uh, then they played Stanford. In Waco. Then they went to the battle for Atlantis. As far as I know, Atlantis doesn't exist, but they had a battle over it. Arizona State. Is that why they played in a ballroom? Yeah. (laughs) Playing in a ballroom. VCU and Michigan State were those opponents. Then they came home and played uh, University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, which is the best. You get the joke. Okay. Uh, Then they went and played Villanova in the Big East Challenge, not to be confused with uh, playing Marquette and losing. (laughs) <laughs> um, then they played Oregon at Oregon. Then they played Alcorn State. Oh, I wonder how that piece of scheduling happened. Hmm. Uh, hmm. Uh, Northwestern State, and then they started in on the Big 12. Series. So really, they had two games. One, two games against not two two games against Power Five opponents that were not in the tournament. On the road at Oregon and home against Stanford. You are correct. I, I feel like you need to have at minimum that. For K State, but bring in an SMU, bring in a Cincinnati, a Tulsa, right? These teams that are in like the group of six, like we saw with Marquette. But you've got to have some of those teams scheduled because, I mean, those are those will help you get prepared for Big Twelve play. You can't just go and play like if you're Baylor, you know you're going to be solid, and you know you're going to have a a, a really good group. You can get away with playing that and trying to develop depth. But if you're K State. I feel like you have to test your team because as a first-year coach with a brand-new team, what good does beating you know the Alcorn States of the world do? I, I don't think it does you any good. That's what happened with Iowa State. They started off undefeated, and then they ended up, you know, however they finished, seventh in the conference. Now, granted, they made the Sweet 16, so that's all people are going to remember. But, like, they were on the verge of not even making the NCAA tournament at one point last year. I'll give credit where credit's due. K-State isn't scared to play Wichita State anymore. No. And, and that and that helps K-State's schedule and I, strength I of it. schedule tremendously. You're building in Wichita State and Missouri into your schedule for next year. So they do have two, you know, power six level. Nebraska, yeah. too. Nebraska. Um, for four years. Yeah, I love it. They should have more regional games. Here, here's my thing. This is my, my ongoing thing about um, – scheduling basketball at Kansas State. And uh, hold on, my wife is calling me. Not Hold on. Uh, custom, I am podcasting. Okay, there we go. Um, You've got to play some of these warm-up games early in the year. Everyone does it. You need them. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying K-State's in a position where they can go play uh, at – North Carolina early in the year. I mean, Kansas always has that big tip-off game, but when you're at that level, there's nothing to lose. You lose, so what? It doesn't impact you at all. So they need to warm that up, but it's on K-Staters to go to these games. 
This fan base has a long history of not paying attention to college basketball until the calendar turns and football's over. And that's got to stop. You're going to have to start attending these games if possible. But I also believe this. Once the students leave campus, I'd prefer if K-State didn't play in Manhattan. I'd prefer if they scheduled their road games in. I'd prefer if they went to Kansas City and Wichita every year and played over the holidays instead of coming into Bramlage and playing for a mostly empty arena. Except for the weekends. I think if you're good enough, students will come back. For a weekend game. Well, if it's against a good team, yes. you can't bring yes. in, you know, whoever state to play. And I understand when fans get upset when football plays Stanford and Dallas instead of Manhattan. I accept that. But when you have a game against a power six basketball team and it the only time it can be scheduled is over the holiday break when there's no students around, for God's sakes, don't play it here. Go play it where the fans are, and that'd be Kansas City mostly. I think K-State should have a some kind type of event every year in Kansas City. Every year. You can still play in Wichita. I don't care. You can play multiple games in Kansas City. If, you want, if you've got Wichita State scheduled, that's great. Go play them. Go schedule with UMKC and play a series in which two teams come in. UMKC plays the early game. You play the night game. And you change opponents. Every year. You got to expand your reach at some point, and and the only reason I bring this up is K Staters just inconsistently go to the games over the holidays, period. Until you prove that you can come in on Friday or stick around on Sunday, depending on how the game's scheduled and the end of football season, I, I don't I don't see why you schedule a bunch of games at home in that non conference. I just don't. And the way you're talking about scheduling, you know, at some point, K-State's going to have to do that where they're away for basically a whole season once they finally get Bramlage renovated. It's going to be a huge challenge to have games in that arena if they're truly going to renovate it to to what it deserves to be as an arena. I so, agree. It's so. going to be fascinating to how, how they handle it eventually when they basically take their own arena out of commission for a full year. So there's going to be no way to play in it. They should K-State fans should get ready for the uncomfortable reality of having to go other places and quite frankly I don't know what the option is right now where they where they'd play the volleyball center. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. volleyball. If you're going to play Alcorn State in Central yeah. Arkansas, just make it a students only game in the volleyball arena and rock the hell out of it. I'm yeah. all in it. I'm all in on that. Mhm. Agreed. And you know, maybe have some public seats, maybe. I don't know. I mean, my only other option that I've come up with is create the indoor football facility, turn that into a temporary arena, but that throws off using it for football yeah. for a while. And Ahern's out of the question, right? Right. Oh, yeah. So. I think. Unless unless you did a really strip down Ahern and only use I feel like you'd have to build temporary structures, kind of like volleyball, but I don't even know if you'd be able to use the actual arena. I mean, structures. how cool would that be, though, if when Bramlage does get renovated, you get to play some games at Ahern Fieldhouse? I mean, I'm sure for the, the nostalgia, that would bring a lot of people in, at least donors yeah, but, and that kind of stuff. But the ongoing problem is is uh, it's just not up to code at all. Yeah. So you'd I, I need don't. bathrooms. You'd have to do yes. you'd have to do the KU thing. Unfortunately, you'd have to, <laughs> the KU thing. for step one, claim you invented basketball. Step two, Step porta potties two. at a football facility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Porta potties. Porta potties are indoor plumbing in Lawrence. 
Because yeah. you're indoors when you yeah, get it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next question comes from Queso Cat. Discuss the various pros and cons of the known candidates for the Big 12 commish role. Commissioner. Is that what you just Commish role. Commish. Commish role. Commish role. Oh. Well, I'm, I'm, you okay over there? You got a little. I've got allergies or something. Do you have like a cat down here or something? I'm no, dying. No, I got I got two poodles. Yeah. What'd you do? Huh? It's a meow wallet. Ah. Uh, ah. You're allergic to that. What number are we at? Former out meow wallet. I think we're at like eight or nine. What are we talking about now? <laughs> Don't worry about it. No more questions regarding that. Okay. Oh boy. Um, Sorry, I'll stop coughing. I blame dude. It's a good, good move. I don't know enough about what they would bring to the table. I mean, I just assume it's going to be all over luck. The same people are making the decisions that always make the decisions, and it just seems like who they'd hire. I can't even begin to tell you how happy I am Kirk Schultz doesn't want anything to do with it. It's funny how once the search firm gets announced that Kirk Schultz is magically <laughs> out of the consideration. Kirk Schultz has an incredible agent or an incredible How did contact that ever list. come to pass? Has to be him, right? Has to be him saying that, yeah, I want that job. I think he's trying to get a raise from Washington State. I don't even understand I, that. It doesn't at make all. any sense. You're a president. He's so influential on the Big 12 and Pac-12. No, he, okay, whatever. Maybe that just is a symbol of, of how bad the board has been for the Big 12 that he was the dominant voice. I don't know. But no, I, I'd love to answer your question. I just don't know enough about the individuals and actually what they bring to the table in terms of new things here for the conference. Do they know about how to negotiate media rights contracts? I don't know. I, I wish I had some brilliant insight, but we're going to end up with Oliver Luck and I think it would be better than Bowlesby, but I don't know if it's the right answer. That's just what I think. All right. Next question comes from Salt Hawk Cat. Assess Gene Taylor's two hires. Does he have the potential to be remembered as the best athletic director in school history? Well, yeah. I mean, potential. Yeah, we all have potential. I mean, if, That's one, kind of if a, one of those two teams either makes a college football playoff or a Final Four. The basketball team makes the college football playoff. That's that's a freaking great hire. It's a great great hire. Um, I think yeah. You, if you if you see success like that, especially if both of them, if each of them make a Final Four, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> if each of them make a football college football playoff or a basketball Final Four, there we go. Um, yeah, I think you're probably up there as far as. Getting the higher right. I don't even think you need to win a national championship in either sport to necessarily mean that they're, you know, not the best or that Gene Taylor's not the best in school history because I think that you could make the argument. I mean, who was the athletic director who hired Bill Snyder? Yep, Steve Miller. It's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to top that that one. I mean, that just kind of completely changed the directory, uh, the trajectory of the university. So I think it's kind of hard to top. The man who, and I believe he also hired Lon Kruger. Yeah, so, yeah, so not bad at all. I mean, Sorry, I, mean so I, I think if you look at it right now, but we're talking about potential. Potential. What, what, what would it take if Jordan Taylor gets it? gets his program to a Final Four? 
and the significance of that for a, an athletic department who's been there but hasn't been there for 50-plus years, almost 60 years. I still don't think that's as significant as t- hiring the coach that completely turned around your whole entire university. No, mm-hmm. I agree. So I don't know if that's ever going to – again, I, I was not – obviously alive back then i was not around that situation so i I mean i couldn't tell you you know exactly how he performed as an athletic director um but i do know that this is nothing against gene how much longer is he gonna actually be the athletic director like he still made the hires and their success is gonna be forever tied to him you know you know however many future athletic directors there are i think that if you if you want to talk about the actual act of, you know, Gene Taylor made the decision to hire these guys. You know, I think that until either of them, you know, until Chris Kleiman or Jerome Tang are gone and beyond K-State, I don't think you can really measure until they actually earn, you know, those accolades we talked about, making a college football playoff for a Final Four. And I think I'd, we'd all be remiss to not mention Gene Taylor has also done some good things besides hiring as far as the Shamrock Zone, mm-hmm. um, the, the new practice facility, the volleyball center that's going up, Toynton, renovating Toynton. Like, it's been amazing. I mean, the, the facilities have dramatically increased just in the last five years. I mean, he picked so, up the ball and ran with it. I mean, yeah. we have to give him credit for that, but... But I think you also yeah. have to give John Curry. If we're going to talk about buildings, you got right. to give he, credit to John Curry. Right. But even before that, I mean, my problem with looking at buildings and stuff like that is you've elevated your program to where you should be competitive with everyone else. You know, once you've reached yourself to equal footing, you know, I, I think it's hard to say, well, look, you know, you hired Bill Snyder and you resurrected the football pr- program. Yeah, that's great. But, you know, you became level with everything else, you know, and everybody else. Same with buildings. You know, you built a giant press box. You build a giant south end zone suites. You redo the north end zone. You have a giant, nice football facility. You're going to redo the basketball arena. Buildings are nice, but when you're upgrading them just to match everybody else, it's hard to, to praise somebody for that, in my opinion. So it's inevitable? What do you mean? Yeah, if you're a competent AD... Yeah, the, the money is going to be there from donors, right? Theoretically, but you had to go find it. Yeah, you know, you like cult, I said, competent. You got to well, you got to build those relationships, and but yeah, I mean, John. But you also Curry, have to have a vision too. John sure. Curry definitely got the way this institution raises money for athletics changed. It's a totally different world, and Gene didn't go backwards with it. He picked it up and ran with it. And at the same time, kind of rebuilding his fundraising operation because it's mostly young guys in there now. So, yeah, I, I'll just say this. If football is absolutely rocking and rolling and K-State's back in the top 15 consistently and basketball's towards the top of the the Big 12 and getting into the Sweet 16 and winning NCAA tournament games and not losing in the first round all the time and you know consistently making noise and playing games of consequence on both fields of competition we're going to be having so much fun we won't think about gene taylor until later all right i mean we're, we're just gonna whether you're covering it or rooting for the team it's just going to be a blast and hopefully we'll enjoy it and hopefully that's something we can talk about in the future what an incredible ad gene taylor was just like i mentioned steve miller of course it won't be me because it'd be one of you guys probably, <laughs> probably. that gene taylor is great it would be so old. I'd be like 90 
recording up at Metal Arc. <laughs> you, <laughs> I feel like all of your... I won't say it. <laughs> well, all my voices? No, well, no, not all your voices. All the viewers are gone. Yeah. yeah. I bet Cole's friend's still here. Asking lame-ass questions. <laughs> what the heck's going on? I haven't seen Fitz do a DD in 20 years. <laughs> uh, next question comes from Recyclops. Um, they have been a subscriber for five months with 1,350 posts. But as Zach so kindly points out, he does not believe that they have been on the podcast. So... I Welcome couldn't tell you podcast. where those 1,350 posts no, have come it's, from. It's a name change. Okay. Yeah, it was a name change. Uh, was it a good name that yeah, got yeah, changed? Yeah, recognize it, yeah. Okay, well, we'll uh, keep it secret. Was that Durya? Was that who it was? Oh, is it Durya? Oh. 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 Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, welcome, Recyclops. Recycling old names, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Uh, he wants to know, can the baseball team still realistically make it to the NCAA tournament or do we need to win the Big 12 tournament? The Big 12 tournament, tournament to do tournament. so. Tournament. Tournament. <laughs> he got me talking like Frank. You got Frank Martin here. Yeah. Tournament. <laughs> oh, I heard tournament like Boston. He's got the, yeah, a little bit there. A little little, uh, Phil Hughes here. Okay, Uh, Cole, take it away. Phil Hughes. Phil Hughes Hughes? is a pitcher for the Yankees. You mean (laughs) Who did I say? Phil Hughes. Phil Hughes is an old academic guy. I've done this before. Pete Hughes. It's yeah. I, it's Phil Pete. Hughes is a pitcher, pitcher from the Yankees who, yeah. who's really into the Phil, the Phil Hughes I'm thinking YouTube. of was was an academic advisor, like before Jill Shields. That's who Jill Shields replaced in Act Quiet. Oh, well. uh, to answer, Jeez. Recyclops, formerly known as Duryad. I don't know if that's it for sure. <laughs> Go ahead. I have to double check. Um, uh, I don't think so. No, I don't think there's any way that K-State makes the NCAA tournament, which uh, I would just like to say this. Um, if you have been following along, you know we have not been doing as much baseball coverage. Honestly, some of that has to do with performance, and a lot of it has to do with just everything else that's going on in, in the K-State world right now. But um, we're still paying attention. Um, obviously, this is it's it's still happening. Um, I don't think there's any way this team makes the, play- makes the playoffs, makes the postseason. The Final Four. The final four, the Get college right. football playoff. College football playoff. <laughs> Simply because score a touchdown. they got to off to a dreadful start in Big 12 play. Again, they win at home, which is so important. You've got to protect your own, you know, your home turf. But they can't win on the road, and they can't beat really good teams. Now, they took two or three from Texas, which is good. Uh, but they can't, beat good, they can't beat good teams on the road. And if you can't beat good teams on the road... You're not going to be very successful. That's any sport. And I don't know how you fix that. I know there was conversation on the boards, goodness, a few weeks ago now, a pretty long thread about that kind of stuff. But it is, it's as someone who um, has been following them really closely uh, this season, it's, it's very fascinating to see how much different they play on the road than they do at home. At the bottom line, I just think it comes down to talent right now. The talent is just not as good, I think, as um, maybe we thought it was going to be coming into the season. So I think, yeah, it'd be really tough. They have to make the Big 12 tournament first. Not every team makes the Big 12 tournament. Um, I think they'll be okay as far as I'm making sure the Big they 12 all do tournament. Now. There's mm-hmm. a playing game. Yeah, there's a playing game. Play. Oh, there is a playing Well, but to actually make the – Right. Because don't they do group play? Like once you make it, well, last it year they didn't, and I don't know if that I, was a COVID thing. They changed thing. the format every like five years, so but I, there, I'm certain there is now a play-in game where you play game. one game, but like 
you know, it's a, it's a one-off game, and then I feel like you're guaranteed to play more after. It w- well, it was, if you lose after that, you're, I think it might be like double elimination. It's double or something. elimination yeah. bracket, cross bracket. Right, yeah. but you don't want to play in that playing game. Gilbert, yeah. you okay? You okay? Did yeah. you doze off? I knew it was double elimination. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. So yeah, that's double my elimination answer. playoff game bracket, playing game. Yep. My answer is no. Kansas State finally got its revenge on UC Irvine, though. Yeah, take that, Anteaters. People got really mad at me. I say people. Two people did. But people's. Uh, About mentioning that? Yep. 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 I, it's a, an open wound, Cole. A certain former coach sat a certain former star with two fouls in a certain first half of a game. Can we talk about how that how that has never been, like, called out? Because that's not how you do it. It's three fouls in the first half. It's never no, – no coach has ever sat a player with two fouls as, and never played them again other than Bruce Weber. As I was so uh, correctly pointed out, um, apparently Bill Self did this with David McCormick in the uh, NCAA Final Four game. Um, but as I responded to this person, uh, David McCormick and Barry Brown are a little bit different to their teams. Right. So – Bill Self's use of David McCormick was nothing short of brilliant in the tournament. He's beaten up. He's injured. So when they got ahead of teams, he just sat him. And when they went into that frenzy mode, they didn't want him on the floor because they were running up and down. You're allowed to have a foul every eight minutes. So after the four-minute mark in the first half, you should be on the floor. I'm fine with sitting somebody with two fouls. But at the four-minute mark... If your star player has two fouls, he should be out there. Especially yeah. if he's not a post player. Yeah. If you're smart, you'll know not to foul, period. Right. There he was. Well, I think once in a while you get some bad calls. But, yeah, I mean, when you're in that situation, you just can't do that. Not, not only did it allow UC Irvine to stay in the game and hang around, you just completely iced your star player. And he was never good the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Was Doug Sermons officiating this game? I don't know. D- if he was, it had no impact on K-State's it. performance. This is not where I thought this question would take no. us. but I don't remember what the question was. Baseball something. Yeah, we're talking about baseball. From Deer, yeah. How the hell? Let's move on. <laughs> Last question uh, of the podcast comes from Cole Katz 3 With all of the construction. It's, it's Cole's burner. It's no. spelled Cole like Coles. Yeah. Yeah. Was it a K? Yeah, and an H. Not like Santa That's Claus. That's a pretty good Cole. way to hide your identity there, Cole. Yeah. Very smart. Yeah, unlike my not burner account. <laughs> With a mustache. Right. <laughs> Clearly not me. With all of the construction beginning, is it says says on, I'm assuming it's in Aggieville, beginning in Aggieville and more plans coming through, what do you want Aggieville to look like in 2030 when Rutgers comes to town? Hmm. Oh, my God. Is Rutgers coming to yes, Manhattan? Right. This is like the More longest important. series scheduled ever. You know. Like it's been like 10 years since this was scheduled. And what's amazing is K-State hasn't added to it. It's like John Curry scheduled all these games out and they haven't added to it. It's It cracks me up. And we all know why John Curry did it. Because Bill Snyder didn't want it. So he did it. And he said, oh, you might hang around until you're 90. So I'm going to schedule all those games too. Anyhow, uh, I don't know. Here's what – I've said this about Aggieville in the past. The longtime tenants of Aggieville, and I've, I've long contended we need a parking garage, not where it went, but it's better than nothing. They're afraid that as you raise the amount of parking, you will raise the likelihood of franchises coming to Aggieville. And I saw someone on the board say, you know, that's just a, a – you know, a 
something that's going to happen. And I'm sorry, I don't, I don't want that to happen. If Aggieville's bigger, like, you know, there's some other college districts that are longer and you can have a pizza hut, which K-State did and a Buffalo Wild Wings. And, and then there's another place, another place, but Aggieville's two blocks basically. And so anytime you get a franchise in there, it just jumps out at you. It, it kind of is a sore thumb. Aggieville flourishes because it's filled with young, you know, local, sometimes young entrepreneurs that are willing to, you know, invest their money in the community, create jobs in the community, and re- return the profits into the community by living here. So I, I, I've always said this: if the second there's a Aggieville Applebee's, I'm out. I'm I'm just done with Aggieville. There's no way the, that'll happen. An Applebee's and the little Applebee's. What, the, watch little Applebee's. Watch once they have enough parking, what happens? There's there's a reason why Buffalo Wild Wings is where it's at. It had a parking lot right across the street. Same it had, thing with Chipotle. Yeah, it had enough. Exactly. Yeah. You, you've got to have X number of parking spots within so many feet of your door. Every franchise is different for a location to be viable. And X amount of traffic going by, which, of course, Aggieville would fulfill. I don't, I don't think you're going to like my take, but I actually welcome more franchises to Aggieville as it gets more developed because the franchises that come in aren't your stuff that Manhattan already has. You're not going to have McDonald's, another – you know, you got Burger King down there, Wendy's. You know, these, those types of restaurants aren't going to be coming in. You're going to have nicer – you know, stuff like Potbelly or, you know, other, you know. You just keep going I back love, to I a, love Potbelly. A failing have a Jimmy John's. It's not failing. It is, too. What? Yeah, I read about it. Where? On the WWW. I got on there after on you the, took me to a Potbelly, which was delicious. I think they're doing just fine. Okay. Whatever. They charge a lot of money for sandwiches. I have. But my point is, if you look at, you know. Norman, Oklahoma, Lawrence, Kansas, you look at their little bar districts or whatever, and you look at the types of chains that go into there, you know, there's stuff that Manhattan doesn't have that people would be fine with. I get that people want to support local businesses, but generally, if you go out to eat, you're usually doing something quick, and it might happen to just be McDonald's or Wendy's or Burger King or whatever. You know, I think having franchise variety is not the end of the world. When it comes to nicening up an area of town, especially if you're going to build, you know, the the renderings that were released this last week in the parking lot behind, what is it, Yard Bar and Chipotle, you know, that area. If you develop that, that's new floor space, floor space at the bottom. Right. You know, you're not going to be taking away necessarily be a options. lovely Applebee's location. <laughs> you're not going to necessarily take away from local businesses. But at the same time, right now, you go out to Aggieville at night, you know, after midnight, nothing's open. And, you know, half of Johnny Cause on one block is completely closed. So, that's ridiculous, by the way. So it's, I'm, it's uh, turning this into a ridiculous. little bit of a rant. I went to an establishment that Gills may or may not work at at Taco about 11:40, and told that I'd need to chug the the. Uh, you can blame Fort Riley for the that. mixed beer that I would like to order that isn't a beer, but also might have pineapple juice in it. And I was told I'd have to chug it. I could order a shot, but I'd have to chug that drink of choice. And the, my my issue is there's people in there. 
it's you're called last call and there's people like the actually people. like still in there paying money drinking so you go over to the bar next door and it might be just as packed and they're gonna be shutting down in 15 minutes and it's just it's silly there needs to be another sports bar in Aggieville. i'm firmly of that belief well just i look at this the same way as i look at fake patty's day once we try to control it in Aggieville, it squeezed it out all over town. The same's going to happen with local bars. You start choking off Aggieville <clears throat> with um, a bunch of franchise corporate type restaurants and bars, and you're going to end up with local bars that can no longer afford Aggieville, and That's they're going to end up spread out all over town. We're going to ruin the very essence of what made Aggieville part of the K-State community. And I, I just don't know how it's going to sustain itself if the rent gets too high for local establishments. It's hard right now, too, with kites getting renovated. Right. And then you mentioned Johnny Cause being closed. I mean, I mean you, eventually go, you those... go out. There's multiple places that just you could put people, but they're not. And then you go to other places, and they aren't necessarily crowded either. It's almost a the demand is matching the supply at this point well, and, almost. And 785, which was – a college bar used to be eight, formerly 1863. That they're closed for good, right? I mean, I'm, I think they'll be back up soon. They will be. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well. Oh yeah, they're closed because Space Jam was on or something. Yeah. They're, they're, they're protesting the war in Ukraine. That's what they're doing. They're, <laughs> they're closed to watch the new Batman movie. That's what it was. They're closed to watch that movie. <laughs> yeah. So. It's not easy making it. It's a fine line yeah. for these bars to make it, and if you start, you know, raising the threshold. Uh, the key here is is most of the successful bars own their buildings, but some of them don't, and they'll get squeezed right out. They, they will absolutely get run out of Aggieville, and maybe they just won't ever exist anywhere else. Uh, I, I'm I'm really happy that Aggieville's finally got the garage. Um, I hope the city doesn't think that's good enough. Obviously, they don't if they're going to help a developer, you know, put that incredible structure in on that next lot, but they have to get a balanced smaller garage at the other end. You're going to swing that entire end of Aggieville to a huge advantage in business. If you have all the customers have to park on one far corner, those, those buildings will now be all corporate down there. I mean, I just know it. So it's going to just put a huge disadvantage and we're getting into a, a, time period here where they're going to be renovating all the streets in Aggieville. They just opened the damn garage and I noticed that it's you still can't come down Manhattan and go straight to the garage. They've got it cl still closed. Well, as it turns out that entire Manhattan corridor from um, Rally House, Morrow Street, down to the park is going to be renovated. They're going to tear it all up. They just put in a garage and the only way you can get to the garage is by coming in on the west side down front of Burger King yeah. on Laramie. Laramie. It is Laramie. Yeah. That's the only way you can get to the garage. Can, it's the only way you can get out of the garage because it's it's now already closed at, at Manhattan. And that's just the first. Eventually, they will do that tomorrow. And if you want to know what they're doing, if you've ever been on 12th Street in front of uh, the said place that now closes at midnight. And let's explain this. A lot of the bars now close at midnight because after midnight, this school year in the community I consider to be very safe. We did have two shootings in Aggieville. And, yeah, they both involved Fort Riley's soldiers, but they were shootings. That's a little alarming. So you know, some of the other bars have decided 
well, we're just going to shut down. And and this type of thing has driven a lot of my demographic into downtown. And and we'll drive them to if more good bars are opening up out west. I know since this decision was made, I've, I spent a lot more time at Rock and K's and Mr. K's, which are out on my side of the end of town. So it's Agavis can go through some big changes. I'm I'm all for it. It has to happen. You have to update. You have to infuse money. I'm freaking so happy that the city finally recognizes Aggieville as a as a powerhouse for tax creation. It always has been. They always look down their nose at Aggieville. The Bluemont proved a, a hotel can survive, so they went and gave a a corporation a bunch of tax cuts to compete with the locally owned hotel. <laughs> And But having those high-density places in Aggieville is huge. And if you move a bunch of people into an apartment complex right there on the back parking lot behind Kites, behind Yard Bar, what was last chance, I mean, you're going to have a lot of built-in customers. I mean, who's going to live in Aggieville? Right. It's going to be people that want to go to Aggieville. <laughs> yeah, you, you Cole know. raised his hand for those of you listening and not watching. I mean, honestly, why why in the world would you ever want to live in Aggieville if you didn't want to enjoy the benefits of Aggieville, which are making bad decisions? So I mean, it, it will help. It, those people won't need to park. They're living there. They're, they will have assigned parking in there. It's going to be awesome. But I hope the other garage comes. I hope we end up with Morrow closed to traffic except for emergency vehicle, and it's a walking district. I hope we get to that. Um but that's going to take a lot more work on part of the city. Here's what here's my bottom line with pisses me off about the city. Long ago, when they were looking at the convention center and the downtown redevelopment, they did a survey asking people where they would like to see the convention center. And Aggieville was the clear number one. And, and we're not talking about people in the community, people that run conventions. Aggieville, Colbert Hills, downtown. So they put it downtown. Why did you even bother with the survey? Why why did you waste one dime on the survey finding out that you your answer wasn't right, but you made it right anyhow? It just it's insane. And now they build a garage for the convention center, and I'm not sure more than five people at a time have ever parked in that downtown garage. It's the most unusable garage I've ever seen. They put it at the far end of downtown. So there's no way you could park in that garage or you're going to park in that garage and then walk to points. You have a better chance of finding a spot on points Absolutely. or at the mall Absolutely. than you would just in that garage. Why they did that? Maybe it's good for weddings. It's right behind the convention area. Do hotel guests even park in no, it? No, you've got plenty of surfing park, parking. You've got to be absolutely – it's got to be a game weekend stuff probably to have anyone park in that garage. Fitz, I have a confession. Oh, boy, here we go. I've been staring at that cat for the last 45 minutes. Rocky? I keep waiting him to meow. That's that's Rocky will be the endorser for Meow Wallet. And that is ten. We got it done. We did it. And that was Ghost State Kate's question. <coughs> we had to sneak in Meow ten times of the podcast, and that was exhausting. I don't Whenever, know if we snuck it in. So <laughs> we didn't really sneak it in. We just had to do it without Fitz catching on <laughs> and calling us out on it. You dirty bastards. <laughs> You've been plotting against me with some guy named Kate. Uh, that's it. I quit. Yeah. Less words next time, Kate. 
10 was a that was a, that, that was, 10 a was hard hey, <laughs> it was so hard the meow wallet saved us because i don't know where we would have gone without that, that was and hard. we had to only count uh me zach and cole and not fitz because fitz did like 10 of his own meows yeah that was knowing. that was i made sure that was our rules that so my meows didn't count we did not count your meows only ours that's why when Cole was on his phone texting a girl, he was actually keeping track of Meow. That's what he. That's why he had the notes out of Popin. Uh, I figured it out. Uh, yeah. Wow. You know what that was? That was rough. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Power Cat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. CBS Sunday, after the Equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker, CBS season finale Sunday after the Equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.